Welcome everyone back to <clears throat> Let me restart. Everyone, welcome to Cleaver Me. As Vince McMahon came out on Friday after, you know, if you missed last week's episode, which too many people did, please go and listen to it as it was a good one getting ourselves ready for money in the bank, but mostly talking about Vince McMahon and you know the story that came out Friday all of a sudden. He's leading SmackDown off. Nobody knows what he's going to do or say. He comes out in the middle of the ring. He says, you got to remember, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but you got to remember then, now, forever, and most importantly, together. And that was uh, kind of funny as, you know, together for him could mean slightly different things when it's not in his favor. But. And after that, he goes, welcome to SmackDown. And he flips the mic and he walks off. Uh, Cleve, you know, I don't know if you saw I saw it live. Um, I, I don't know if you saw Highlight Live or whatever. But after you saw his appearance on Friday Night SmackDown, what was your initial thoughts? And uh, I know you're getting close to moving. So how we doing? First, I want to say Joe forgot to mention the new slogan that seems to be going around the WWE. Then, now, together, forever. It seems like that's the... It said it. Come on now. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. Maybe it was a little laggy on mine. But I think it's it's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird seeing Vince on every... Um, he's coming out there just, I think, Monday when I watched it. He just came out and just told us the obvious that John Cena was returning, but I think he did also show up on Monday to say that quickly. Correct. So, but I do, I do love the crowd reaction to Vince, even after all these years. A lot of people will shit on the program, say Raw sucks every week, but every time that no chance in hell hit, the entire crowd just gets behind yeah. and starts singing it. So it just shows how good of a business guy Vince is that he can still work the crowd, even though. Let's be honest he's been giving us shitty programs over the past few years, but we'll let all that go once Vince is in the ring and on the microphone. So, yeah. And uh, no, no doubt, doubt he's had his um, fair share of things happening. And, you know, still, I don't know if it's just going to all slowly go away or not, but we do know Stephanie McMahon is the interim um, CEO if they sell, which, you know, there's been plenty of speculation over that over the past couple of years. But um, Vince McMahon is still there, um, still involved in what seems to be creative. And as this thing progresses, we'll keep going on. I mean, when you got key injuries like a Cody Rhodes or Randy Orton, um, and what do you do? You got John Cena coming back for Rob, Brock Lesnar for SmackDown. Roman Reigns after his little hiatus, which, by the way, Riddle and Roman, phenomenal match before Brock came out. Uh, you do things like that, Cleve. So now this Monday we got Cena. Uh, last Friday we got Brock Lesnar. Good, go to the good old reliables when, uh, you know, the injuries to your current stars are there, right? Now, I, I will say you do go to the old reliable, but you also go to the guys that are currently there. And I think a lot of people we've been slowly seeing, they've been building Bobby Lashley character back up and yep. holding the United States belt and saying, I'm a one day hold this again is a really nice thing to see because it keeps Bobby busy at the moment. Eventually, I think Bobby will enter the main event picture, but 
this is a big time for a lot of guys that are in the back locker room that are looking for their time to shine. And I think it's like when a quarterback gets injured and a backup quarterback has to step up. So you got a lot of guys out right now, like you mentioned. You got Edge, which turned out to be a serious injury. We thought it was something just to write Edge off. I mean, Randy Orton, but it seems Randy Orton does have a real injury. You have Seth Rollins. I mean, Cody Rhodes gone for a while. Charlotte's not even there. You got a couple key players that are not there. So the other guys have to step up. And I think Seth, Kevin Owens, even with the Ezekiel, we're probably going to talk about that a little later. Bobby Lashley, other guys are stepping up is a good thing right now. I like to see it. And one thing I did like and I noticed on, you know, well, really since Cody Rhodes has been out, uh, the women's division on Raw is very talented and they've been taking advantage of that. You're getting Becky in things where she doesn't need to have the belt um, as she goes through a little losing streak along with her husband right now, which nobody should have any faults with or get mad about because all they've done since 2015 to now, especially Seth Rollins, is pretty much win. And Becky since about 2018. So I don't want to really hear the complaint there. It's good storylines. Asuka's back. Um, you know, Liv Morgan's going to get her run. Rhea Ripley, unfortunately, has a little injury. And that knocked her and Bianca out of the match for Money in the Bank. So they had a five-pack challenge on Monday Night Raw, which led to Carmella winning. Now, Tones called that. Cleve complained about that. And I was fine with that because we know Bianca is not losing right now. So you don't want Liv to take a loss. You don't want... Um, you probably don't need to see... Becky and Asuka again. So it really just made sense that Carmella was the person. She's always a good heel. And I think she will do a fine job. Uh, and her and Bianca will put on a good match at Money in the Bank. Cleveland, I know you weren't a big fan of Cle Carmella win winning, but to me, it just makes sense. I agree. And this is why I love Joe's wrestling knowledge. When I first saw Car, first of all, let's be honest, I think a lot of us watching this match was not expecting Carmella to win. She's probably the least likely person to win but when she won joe made a very good point you don't want to you don't want to damage oscar's character you don't want to damage becky Liv morgan is still somewhere floating around and alexa bliss i believe will be back in the women's i think they call it the women's world champion now or something like that she will be back in there so the safe bet is carmella i think her and bianca will put on a good match but bianca's coming out on top it's definitely coming out on top. Um, and Rhea, I mean, man, it's unfortunate to see, but it's going to be hard now with Judgment Day. They were on main event, and so was Ray and Dom. Do you take anything away from either of those groups being on main event and not Monday Night Raw? This was the talk of the town the last few days. I was on Facebook. I seen a couple memes about it and whatnot i've been on twitter i don't think it's as bad as people are trying to make it seem i think Rhea being out just slows the pro just slows the judgment day down just a slight bit but they still have finn balor who was over with the crowd 10 times and you have damian priest i think a lot of people like damian priest even though at the united states champion he didn't do what a lot of us thought he would but he still has a favorable character excuse me and let's be honest ray mysterio will forever be a crowd favorite and Dominic is slowly working their way up. So I don't think being on the main event is such a bad thing. Now being on there, being on there consistently 
then it's like a problem. But just a one-off thing, you want to get viewers to check out main events. So it was a smart move by WWE. Yeah, and if Edge is out, Rhea's out, uh, hard to progress the storyline further than that. Uh, I think we're just going to eventually need Ray and Don to turn on each other at days. And if I, I really think uh, if they ever want to be back in the main spotlight soon, I think that will have to uh, happen more because you see the almost as you see the veers slowly moving up. Uh, almost won his money in the make bank match over Riddle, which I think. Why did you have to have him face Riddle? Uh, if Riddle and Seth Rollins are going to have a great storyline. Uh, Seth Rollins attacked Riddle after. I, that's going to be phenomenal. Um, but Omos moves on into the Money in the Bank, and then Veer has an interview in front of all the fans, and we will see who eventually is next for him. But as we get close to the Money in the Bank, and I, next week will be our preview and prediction show, so we're not going to get into that too much today. Uh, Cleve, I notice, especially in the men's side of things, it, they, it's big over there. You have Drew... Seamus, Omos, and Seth. I mean, that's three behemoths in the ring along with our tactician, Seth Rollins. What do you think about those uh, four men being involved so far? Well, it's kind of weird when you see a lot of uh, big guys in the match, especially Omos. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see him climb a ladder, seeing how tall he is. But I think they will still put on a good match. Um, you mentioned a lot of good guys that are in the match. You said Drew McIntyre. Seth Rollins, um, who else am I? I think I'm Seamus and um, oh, you already said Omos, so yes, the, the, there's four right now, there's five women right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Seamus has won a money in the bank before, so it's, yep. it's not a surprise seeing him in there, and it's actually a good thing to see Seamus back in these important type of matches. But I like these guys that are in the match so far, even though almost sticks out. Like a sore thumb, I think he will be that giant in the match that it will take a few guys to take him out of the match. Yeah, and from a men's perspective, it's definitely interesting having that many big bodies in it. So I think the next couple of guys should be, you know, a little smaller. Whether it's Sami Zayn, Ricochet, um, you know, talents of that, uh, Kofi, even uh, you could have. Many guys go at it, but uh, on the woman's side of things, then we have so far Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, um, Raquel Gonzalez, and Lacey Evans. So we'll get a couple more there. Shotzi always is talking. She might find her way in. Maybe Becky Lynch backdoors her way in because the poster is Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. So you already have Seth in there. You're definitely Becky's gonna it, gonna find a way. It's kind of like when it reminds me of when John Cena was trying to get to WrestleMania to fight for a title in 2018, and he lost the Rumble. He lost the Chamber. Uh, last option was called the Undertaker, and that's how he got himself into Mania. I feel like Becky is just gonna exhaust all of her options until she gets into that picture. But very interesting is, you know, Raw might not have the star power right now, but it has interesting segments. They don't even really need and use the 24-7 title right now. You brought up Elias and KO. Let's hit it. Uh, there is a, a, you know, 
for the people who say, you know, just say, oh, it's stupid because we know it's one person. Yeah. But the story is great itself. I've seen a lot of positive posts on Twitter lately. Um, and just impressive work time for, to me by Elias for doing two characters and him having it pull it off. And then Kevin Owens is always just produces Mr. Cleef. A hundred percent. Um, I think so. It's like when Mick Foley, Mick Foley has three sides, Cactus Jack, do love mankind. And then himself, Mick Foley, we all know it's the same person, but we treat each character differently. Honestly, when I think when we, me and Tones both thought this was a joke of a thing, I think we both laughed it off or something when Ezekiel showed up. But honestly, it's turning out to be a really good storyline. You had Alpha Academy in there at one point doing the dirty work, but now it seems it's just Kevin Owens and Ezekiel and Elias. It's actually cool to see Elias back. I was actually a huge fan when Elias would come out there and insult the crowd and then play his music, he never finished the song because someone always interrupted him. Cena at Mania did one time, and then the night after, Undertaker, <laughs> the next man to come out is a dead man. And, then, and that was, you know, that was really cool. Even though I always thought Elias could have been like a, a mid-tier heel guy, probably could have won an Intercontinental Champion someday, but I like this storyline. It keeps both – it keeps Kevin, Kevin Owens busy – and it helps build up Ezekiel or Elias back up when he eventually makes his return. Oh, no doubt. And these are the type of storylines you need. There's not enough titles to simply go around. AEW, I can't keep up with the titles they keep coming out with. But um, as their roster grows, they're doing the same thing and even considering more in their um, you know, women's tag division as well. Uh, I have to talk about this. It's jumping to SmackDown, but Cleve, one storyline I love that doesn't involve a title right now is McAfee, uh, and Corbin got into it a little bit on Friday night. Corbin goes over to McAfee and says, you know, you go, you, we were friends because they are friends in real life because um, Corbin used to be a football player, and obviously McAfee was a punter for a long time in Indianapolis. Um, go Colts, by the way, as always. But – uh, you know, he goes up to, I'm not a fake fan like you with the Yankees. Okay, Cleve. Uh, he goes up to, uh, McAfee by the announce desk and says, you know, you call me bomb ass Corbin and the whole crash bomb ass Corbin. And then I go, and then he tells McAfee, you're better off dead. Uh, McAfee goes, Hey, Michael Cole, you know, cause as we all know, and if you didn't already, McAfee has no idea. He flies in. He announces he gets out. He never gets any idea to what is happening, which makes him so great. McAfee is best on the fly. Look, go back to the theory rivalry. All that on the fly, it was just um, creative genius, and now we're doing it again. McAfee asked Michael Cole to get up and says, you know what, we're going to laugh you out of M-I, N-N-E, and the crowd was getting into it, and they laughed Mr. Corbin right off. I guess my question to you with this whole thing would be, Cleveland, um, you know, is that just a little spinoff thing where, you know, it's a good TV edition, it's a way to get people involved, or do you think this leads to something where you could see these two fighting at a pay-per-view like SummerSlam? Honestly, I think I think um, I was reading Bleach Report. For, uh, I usually read the grades and review whatnot of the show, and they sort of hit, they sort of touched on that maybe we'll see a McAfee and Corbin feud down the road. I think it's a I think it's a good feud. We all said how at Mania uh 
Pat McAfee put on that phenomenal match with Austin Theories. He surprised a lot of people in the crowd and watching um, with some of the moves, especially jumping up the top rope and flipping Austin Theory. So I think this will lead to a feud. It just sucks because I'm sort of a sort of a Baron Corbin fan, and I would like to see him back around a championship pitcher eventually. But I wouldn't mind if it uh, McAfee comes out. If McAfee comes out on top. Here's the tough thing. You you actually here's the easy thing. You could do it either way because McAfee did win against um, theory theory and lost events, so he has a mania one. But at the same time, everyone loves McAfee. So and um, because of how good he is on the mic and in the ring, and for not doing it very often, and he just has his own flow to it. But Corbin could definitely you you know if he's ever going to try to. Climb back more to the top, like when he was fighting Seth Rollins um, back a little bit and things of that nature. He might need a, you know, a couple of big wins coming up to get going in that potential as we get towards, uh, you know, I know WrestleMania is far away, but you got to have a good start to get to the finish as always. SummerSlam, because I think a lot of people forget Barry Corbin at one time was a Money in the Bank winner he wanted he was a united states champion he WWE had big plans for him and i think his backstage attitude i think rubbed off from a lot of people the wrong way but he has one of the better finishers in wrestling today the deep six i think is really impressive to do but you make a very good point if he wants to start getting back to the top he needs that defining feud and a win too because he's been in a lot of feuds but he never seems to come out on top no and he i'm not saying it's his fault but he's not like a KO where KO can make shit to gold almost pretty much if we're being straight honest. And Sami Zayn is similar. Um, Corbin sometimes that bounces in and out. Sometimes I think he's really good at it and sometimes not so much. Uh, Buck, what you heard, Gene, if he joins us for this show, I know he would have his negative things to say on Corbin. And then you have somebody like Tones who loves Corbin. Not loves, but likes Corbin. So, you know, he's kind of a character all over the map. Love or hate him. He's long in the tooth and been there for a while. And um, Vince McMahon does like him. So he seems like he will keep going and continue to have a long career there. Uh, we haven't really talked about, uh, you know, Ronda that much on that side of things. But she doesn't seem like she'll have a match at this pay-per-view. There's really nobody suited. She has uh, Natalia, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. That's another one of those where kind of like Bianca Belair, you know Bianca's going to win. You know um, Ronda's going to win. And, yes, I did forget that. Now, her and Natalia, you know, Natalia is a long-in-the-tooth um, star. She's so very talented, and she can do many, many great things. But hey, we all second. Um, give me one but we all know at the end of the day, uh, and yes, that was Gene Buck. What you heard is he's joining us once once again as we love his commentary. But we know that Ron is going to win that, right, Cleve? Oh, yeah, 100%. But I just want to touch because it was sort of a, me and my granny had this conversation the other day where she called me to talk about wrestling. And she feels how I feel about Ronda Rousey. It just it's, Her character is just bland. It's like nothing to be excited about, you know. When she comes out, her promos are just eh. Like, I just don't know. Like, I, I know they're going to keep pushing her because of her name, but Ronda just doesn't fit. I And I think she's really holding that. 
uh, spot over until, you know, Charlotte, they, I think they reported she'll be back in August um, because she's kind of, she was getting married to uh, Andrade and all that good stuff, had her honeymoon. And now I think as that settles down, she'll find her way back into the back end of the summer, slam picture, what have you. But we've been talking a lot of WWE Raw and SmackDown, but we have two great people joining us, both familiar. One being co-host Mr. Tampa Tones. I did that in reverse order, who has his lightning gear on today. And another guy, Mr. Buck, what you heard, Mr. Gene, captain of the ship. He's got his Bucks hat on. I know they're going to be mentally mostly probably on the puck, but they are here to talk wrestling with us as we got AEW Dynamite tonight. And this is the go-home episode to Forbidden Door, which Tones and I will be uh, attending on Sunday. And so Gene, I, and I want to bring you in here, Gene, because I know you're a fan of you know spreading the wealth of wrestling. What I mean by that is you, you watch all and follow for many, many years beyond ours. Uh, the companies, when you see New Japan and AEW getting together, you you commented yourself right there saying, so jealous. How much are you looking forward to it? And can you just give us a lot of, maybe shed a little light for the people who pay no attention to New Japan, what we're getting? Uh, you're you're getting some amazing wrestling. And and you're you're getting guys like AJ Styles, who you might be familiar with, who was, was huge over in New Japan. And uh, a lot of these wrestlers that have cut their teeth, Asuka, uh, Shinsei Nakamura, guys like that that have cut their teeth in uh, New Japan wrestling, and they bring this different style, this strong style to uh, to wrestling to give us a little bit of variety. Uh, I can tell you what to be to be honest. I, I wish that all of the promotions, regardless of how small to how big, would all just kind of work together, man. Because there are just some dream matches out there that that I just you know I would love to see. I'd love to see Kenny Omega wrestle. Um, you know, wrestle AJ Styles in, in, or, you know, something like that. Just, uh, there's so many different things that, that you can have with this. And I think fans are selling themselves short and they have been for years with, uh, going back to TNA, TNA, you had some amazing wrestlers. And if you look at some of your top build wrestlers right now in WWE, they started out in TNA and they, they made their, they made some of their breaks and they became famous uh, with some of the things that they've done in TNA. So, um, again, it you, you kind of have to open your mind. And um, I know for a while I was a little sour on WWE, but um, now that I'm walking with Elias, um, <laughs> back in the fold. Yeah, and I saw that. And, uh, that's awesome. And, you know, when you talk about guys coming from TNA Impact, which I think Impact is the one that really does a good job uh, because they seem to be involved with all promotions you've seen. Uh, especially with AEW, and then Mickey James came to the Rumble. Uh, AJ Styles did a tribute at Slammiversary, which just happened this past weekend that Tones and I watched. Uh, no more from Ring of Honor. Exactly. So you talk about all these companies, and uh, really AJ Styles, one of the main ones, as we all know, uh, when he came over in the Rumble, I think it was year 2016, a huge name that you know only the true fans know at the time. I know I'm really looking forward to on Sunday, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and that's not even one of the top uh, yeah. matches mentioned on the card. But before we get in, into that and break down more tones, I know you're locked in. You got a damn report ready for us in a bit. How we doing? And how much are you looking forward to Forbidden Door this Sunday? I'm pretty amped. First and foremost, happy belated birthday to Gene. Buck what you heard. My brother. Happy belated. Appreciate Hope it. Was, 
hope it was a great one. Haven't talked to you since you had it. So, and uh, rest in peace to two guys today that lost their lives too soon. Jalen Ferguson on the Baltimore Ravens and Tony Saragusa, former Colton Raven, two legends. Um, you know, Ferguson was a legend in college and he was a promising young player on the Ravens, just a good guy, uh, leaves behind a wife and two kids. And then Tony Saragusa, he was a great player on the field, a hell of a sideline guy off the field. And then, you know, just, and, and you know, know we, we lost, a, we lost a couple referees, uh, in the past week too, yeah, that were sure. legends. We lost a great Purdue basketball player. Uh, you know what? We're sometimes show do this. I, I get getting this from the McAfee show. We're just going to take a quick moment of silence and just go quiet for about 30 seconds here and we'll get back in. So to all those, we just mentioned a moment of silence for them all. And I just think that was, uh, you know, needed right there. I could have kept it going for obviously longer. But, man, you talk about – I mean, we all remember Tony Saragusa and how lively and great he was. But these young kids, it's, it's even more it, – it's it's so crushing to see young athletes, uh, especially, you know, 25-year-old basketball player, 26-year-old linebacker on the Ravens. Uh, you lose a couple of stud referees uh, from the business of wrestling that – you know, it, you never like to lose people at all in tones. I, I hate to cut you off and do that, but I think it was appropriate, and please continue. Yeah, those referees are Dave Hebner and Tim White for reference, so rest in peace to those gentlemen as well. And I'm looking forward to the lightning tonight, very much so, and I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door this Sunday, very much so as well. It should be a uh, fun pay-per-view. Okay, and uh, does anybody uh, want to make a comment on any of the – any anybody from the referees to Tony Saragusa? I mean, Buck, you're, you're filled with years and memories and anything. Any anything that you? Because uh, for me, example, I mean, Big Tony Saragusa just the Ravens anchored down that defensive line. Seeing him on the sidelines, hilarious uh, act. I w- don't know as much about the referees. Maybe you could shed some light on either of those, or maybe Tony Saragusa is where you're going. Um. David Hebner was was huge. I mean, when you, when you hear the name Hebner, that's you, you know you're talking about top level referees and for for a long period of time. And there were even storylines that that included those guys. And they're just uh, you know they it's somebody you 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 think about them for a little bit and then you forget about them and you think they're going to be around forever and then all of a sudden you look up and and they're gone. And uh, I I think if if folks get a chance, just go out on YouTube and just type in David Hebner and and see what you see. And I, and um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be that get off my lawn guy, but <laughs> I think when you look at some of wrestling in the past, it helps you to appreciate what it's evolved into. Now, I'm not going to be one of those bitter a-holes like, like Booker T that's going to just trash, <laughs> you know, promotions and stuff. They, that, that guy was, you know, he was, he was good and he made his money. Now he's got his money. He shouldn't fault anybody for whatever gimmick they're using, how body shaming, body shaming, what, whatever they're doing in the business. And they have fans that follow them and love the sport. And you're drawing more fans of the sport. That's what you want, regardless of, of what they look like or, or what they're doing. Um, I, I understand there are some lines, but you, you know what I mean? 
Oh, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Kingston said it himself in an interview. He goes, look, I get it. And especially WWE, Vince McMahon, there was the run of the big guy. You had to big the big Guido. You had, uh, you know, you had your Undertaker, your Kane, your great Kali. Yeah, Ryback. You had all these. We could go on and on, Strowman, behemoths. But then, hey, you know, a Kevin Owens and Eddie Kingston – uh, you know, your Adam Cole, you need guys, smaller guys. You need your out of shape. Guys. This diversity makes wrestling uh, just like anything else does. The more diverse you are in your branding, just like with companies in wrestling, the more diverse you are in watching, the more appreciation you can have. Me, I don't get a chance to watch New Japan that much, so I'm very much looking forward to the pay-per-view this Sunday. Uh, and we're going to get into those predictions and all that. Uh, Cleve, before we move on to the damn report, any anything you want to say we've commented on over the past few minutes before we get to the damn report and then Forbidden Door? Well, the Dave um, Hetner thing, the Dave Hetner, he actually played a very important part. We're going to go a little wrestling history right here. He was the referee that was assigned to the match where Andre the Giant won the WWF wow. champion from Hulk Hogan. However, he wore the skies as his brother Earl Hedner. I believe there was <laughs> Ezekiel Elias style. <laughs> basically, Ted DiBiase paid him off the million dollar man to count a fast count and award Andre the Giant, the WWF champion at the time. So great little history fact about him. Same with Tim White. If you watch the Andre the Giant documentary. Nope. He was the guy that traveled around with Andre. He, um, mm-hmm. I believe he got hurt in a Hell in a Cell match. I can't remember who it was, but he was out for a while. And he came back and was doing like these funny backstage uh, promos where he was like attempting suicide or whatnot. It was a little crazy thing, but he was also a very important ref to the WWF. No, and I'm, hey, we all bring different good perspectives right there. We all had a little bit of each. Uh, you know, and they all deserve great memory and great honor. We could do a whole show talking just referee. Maybe we need to do that one time because there's so many referees that deserve uh, appreciation in this business that we take for granted. Uh, but before we get more into AEW is, you know, we're coming up on the top of the hour where they will be coming on tonight. It's the go home episode. Um, so I'm interested to see that as I'll be focused in since I'll be there Sunday figure. Why not give it a full go? But before that, Mr. Tampatones, you want to hit us with the damn report. Yeah, definitely. I definitely will hit you with the damn report. And as we remember, Tim White, a couple more words on him. He was Go ahead. A lot of interesting storylines at the end of his uh, days in SmackDown and whatnot. You know, some viewed him as distasteful. Some viewed him as interesting. But nonetheless, um, you know, he had a lot of appearances where he tried to take his own life and whatnot. A lot of... Uh, interesting shenanigans happened in those and then he was also a uh i don't know if you guys knew this but he was a security guard for wwe stars when they signed and made appearances as well so referees are bigger than you think people they're security <laughs> too. in real life don't you mess with those referees but we're gonna bring up a couple cool tidbits uh real quick in the damn report for those of you that missed Slammiversary this week, and they are offering the countdown to it for free, which had Rick Swan uh, defend his Impact Digital Media Championship against 
Uh, Myers Wrestling, many of you know him as Kurt Hawkins, but that was Brian Myers. So a couple of former WWE guys going at it. And that's free on YouTube for anyone that wants a taste of that. Xavier Woods has been announced for a TV show reboot. So you fans of Xavier Woods, be on the lookout for him um, in more than the New Day. But uh, we'll be talking about the show. It's called Arena, I believe, but it's revealing tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. Two more AEW wrestlers are down with injuries. Uh, Buddy Buddy Matthews, Buddy Murphy, whatever you refer to him as, he's down. And then the bunny, the beautiful bunny, man, she is, she's a nice one. But she's down and out because of injury right now as well. Independent wrestler Bandito to miss an upcoming independent show due to what? Injury. So that's unfortunate. Injuries everywhere. Yeah, a lot of injuries raining down on the wrestling industry right now. Dewey Foley, the son of Mick Foley, is no longer with the WWE. They have parted ways, so Mick Foley is leaving, and this time it's um, Dewey. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy is back. Add his yearbook photo t-shirt to your AEW merch collection today. Brand new Orange Cassidy gear available at AEW Shop. Tenure WWE writer has reportedly left the company, and um, as we just mentioned, that was Dewey McFoley. Rhea Ripley is dealing with a brain injury. So another injury, this time one of the brain. This is a rare injury. As more details emerge, we'll keep you posted. But Rhea Ripley is currently dealing with a brain injury. That is never fun. Is Slice Slice Wrestling my go-to source of wrestling talked about on April 4th, as we reported that then and there on Cleve and Me, but... Triple H is officially back in the saddle at NXT. He returned to work today for NXT, so be on the lookout for Triple H to make an impact in NXT. MJF reportedly has a history of, guess what, negotiating mid-level contracts. It's reported that MJF settled for very low money in Major League Wrestling while report or um, negotiating his own contract back in the day. Rick Flair Day announced in Nashville, so those Rick Flair fans, you could soon go to Nashville and celebrate Rick Flair on Rick Flair Day. Woo! Hot and cold with Vince McMahon. The WWE lost a half billion in value since Vince McMahon's probe, but ratings have jumped way up. So their ratings are up. Their money is down. We'll see what ends up happening. Biggie Langston tweets out a video of him bouncing his neck around showing that he can now move his neck side to side. He could look up and down. He could look left to right. Thank you. So our buddy Biggie Langston is on the way back. Um, Wow, Woman of Wrestling is a show coming out soon featuring Woman of Wrestling. Tessa Blanchard will not be found in that show, and that is all with today's damn report. And damn, damn. And the one thing, you know, Brian Danielson will show up on AEW tonight. I unfortunately think the injury, we probably won't get him this Sunday either. He'll probably just announce that to us. Um, with all that news, I want each of us to pick something, whether it's injuries or anything else tons about. I'll start by saying that it's just unfortunate right now with all of these injuries we had. I mean, it started with CM Punk having to relinquish, not relinquish fully the title, but we all know what I mean. Cody Rhodes, exactly. And Cody Rhodes had a hell of a hell in a cell match and then has to had to have surgery and take time off. Brian Danielson uh, right now, all the people Tone just mentioned, Big E's recovering. Rhea Ripley just got out. I mean, all over the industry, we're seeing these industries and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, this is why we build up stars. This is why we have young people. 
At the same time, you'll get John Cena and Brock Lesnar back as well, which I personally, I know, I know Gene Shakes has said, I'm the biggest John Cena fan of all time. He was already planned to come back, um, so he wasn't really a quick addition. He's been kind of going at it with theory on the side of social media. It's, been, it's the the whole Brock Lesnar thing, but I'll, I'll touch on it. And you can touch on it. And hey, go ahead and touch on it. Now, uh, and also, if you have anything else from the Dam Report, but Brock Lesnar, you know, Cleve, we talked about it a lot in tone saying, you know, after three rounds were out, uh, and they, the three rounds happened, uh, Tones mentioned last week, you know, he loves Brock, but do we need a fourth? I'm, I don't think we need a fourth, but they're in a tough spot as Randy Orton, who's injured, was supposed to get that match. Um, we're going to get a last man or, or a no holds barred. Um, Gene, you go on though. What your thoughts is? There was plenty of other talent and things they could have done. You know, you guys know how I feel about uh, WWE creative. Uh, there is so much talent in the WWE right now, just on their roster, that isn't being cultivated. They aren't coming up with ideas. Um, it it pisses me off about Elias. Elias could have been a. He, everybody says he's mid card. I think he can he can carry he could carry a feud personally oh yeah he was but they've never put him in a position where he can do that now we're seeing elias and and what he can do and and he's he's you know exceeded even my expectations with what he can do but i say that to say this there's so much talent on the wwe roster and it just takes that one time to believe in somebody and what their gimmick is or what they want to do and to get that right push and they, they, you got an instant superstar. And I do believe that somebody on that roster right now and that, that level of talent, whether it's male or female, can come out and do some things. Now, I think the women's, women's title, uh, I just don't see it recovering. Um, as much as I love Bianca Belair, uh, I, you know, Asuka and, and some of your other wrestlers, I just don't see it recovering and getting back to where it was when, uh, you had uh, a women's title that was headlining a WrestleMania. I don't ever think it, uh, just because of the way they've handled business, it's going to be hard to see them get it back to what it was. So there's a lot of missed opportunities, and WWE should be in a youth movement. They should be cultivating some of this talent and putting themselves in a position to make money for, for years to come. And what is interesting is, before I bring Cleveland into comment, is you know, they seem to make their NXT very young. Uh, they released a lot of people that were there for a while, and that seems to be very developmental. But on the main roster, I do agree that, you know, the big names always um, get Except back for the crappy Corbin. Do not, do not add him <laughs> in this conversation at all. <laughs> I know your thoughts on Mr. He's getting, we talked about him earlier. He got into it with my boy Pat McAfee. So I'm not huge on him right now either. As hell yeah. Uh, give me a beer for that one. But uh, no, in, in, you know, I guess, see, Cowboy Brock is so much more like than his older character that, yes, they could make it work and maybe they can evolve the money in the bank, but there is definitely, you know, people brought up, Lashley, people brought up Drew, but I guess if he, if they're not going to win, maybe you don't want to put him in that spotlight either. Cleve, what is your thoughts on the whole, um, you know, we talked about this countless times after, after, you know, day one where they fought, uh, they fought at, I believe it was uh, obviously WrestleMania, but they also fought at SummerSlam. 
Um, or was that Cena? No, Cena was SummerSlam, and then the pay-per-view after was Brock. But either way, there was three fights. Uh, if you had to face Roman go up against somebody at Money in the Bank, uh, not Money in the Bank, excuse me, SummerSlam, who would you have chosen? I mean, I thought Seth or Shinsuke. I thought Shinsuke was in line for a title shot for a while. I remember him and Roman had that brief stare down, and that kind of went nowhere. I think you did make a good point. It WWE isn't is in a tough position at the moment. Some of their top guys are out, and we know Vince likes to resort to what usually works for him, which is bringing back you know Brock Lesnar or even John Cena for that matter. I know <laughs> a lot of people are excited to see Cena, but still. Cena coming back means someone else won't get the TV time that they probably need. Now, the only issue I have is that not everybody on the roster can be middle card or upper card or should be. I think WWE has been fair a few times where they gave guys an opportunity, and I just think the certain guys didn't live up to the opportunity, like Ricochet. I think Ricochet winning the Intercontinental Champion was cool for the moment, but when he held it, he was just like, eh, it's Ricochet. He's just, you know, another guy. Yeah, I'm going to give you, and, and I, I got to jump in here real quick. I like yeah. what you're saying. Um, I'm going to talk about a guy that, and you guys can agree or disagree with me, Matt Cardona. Well, Matt Cardona, when he was uh, Long Island Ice-Z or whatever they were calling him, they yeah. could have beefed this dude up as a heel. You see what he's doing right now. He's getting heat with everybody, you know, wherever he's going, and he's a guy that he could have carried it. I believe he could have carried it, but they, again, they dropped the ball with him. There are wrestlers and, and to your point, there are wrestlers that shouldn't be mid card or shouldn't be pushed, but there are wrestlers out there that, that should get the opportunity, at least get an opportunity and the fans they're over with the fans. And, and you're, and, and I think the WWE isn't reading the room. They're not, they're not pushing the guys that, that are over with the fans to, to get the most out of them. Now, my knock, my bad to not cut it anyway out. My only thing with the Zack Ryder, I think that's who you were talking about, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My only thing with his is just how his character, the woo woo, you know, right, like right. it was, that was, it was, it was, it was, it was, was horrible, cool, but it, it was, that's what, uh, it, it was, created a saying, but at the same time, uh, other companies do a better job sometimes of creating the smaller heel. WWE with the big guys, they do that. Um, you know, it's a little easier, but with the smaller guys, sometimes it always doesn't work out. You see Riddle, he, um, that's an obvious push they got to make. I love that guy since he's been with WWE. Oh, and, and absolutely. Former UFC fighter is, you know, Tones, you pay attention to UFC ranks. Uh, we talked about Brock Lesnar, who's been back and forth. We talk about Riddle. We brought up Ronda Rousey when you'd be on the show. You know, you see uh, Shayna Baszler, who's, I mean, that talk about someone they mishandled badly, WWE. I'll go right there, Shayna Baszler. Tones, um, before we let you out of here, I want to get a couple things. What do you think about the people who come from UFC? Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. I think it works, um, I, especially since most of them have worked out to this point. Um, but you got some back more background there. You watch a lot of UFC. Do you think that it's been pretty successful for the people uh, especially the current ones who are there. Well, uh, I'll put it like this. It's a lot easier to go from MMA to WWE or wrestling than it is from wrestling to MMA, right? We <laughs> see, CM Punk. Yeah, we see a lot of uh, wrestlers aspire to be now one that stands out as Lesnar, but everyone else who has aspired to do so has pretty much fallen short. On the other hand, it's not a walk, skip, and a jump uh, by any means to become a wrestler is a – 
ultimate fighter champion ufc fighter or other mixed martial arts field so i think that when they do become success stories they are uh pretty dang good ones because it does take a lot of work you know when you're used to going into the octagon and pounding someone's face in with aggression and you know you're used to real fighting blood and guts you're used to taking the mic after the match and dropping a bunch of f-bombs and flicking off the crowd or you know getting cheered for or whatnot it takes a lot to come over to wrestling and all of a sudden, you know, you it's more acrobatic. You need to jump more. You need to do stunts more. You need to dive more and whatnot. Um, you know, a, a lot of it might not be real fighting, quote unquote, but you're still doing a lot of difficult things. And then most of their mic work, uh, mic skills need work. Now, I think that they've had a lot of success. You look at all the wrestlers who've done it. You could pretty much say a ton of them have been successful Obviously, um, Brock has been back and forth. Then you take Riddle, who's gone from one to the other. Ronda Rousey, uh, she's the example of needing work, perhaps on the mic in particular, and maybe in the ring a little rough. But at the end of the day, you could call her success, I would say. Sonya Deville, she's been a nice little character in wrestling, in my opinion. I like her um, villainous in terms of manager. She started off over there. She came over there. Um, you know, I, I think Riddle ultimately got the short end of the stick, what happened with him. Now you're seeing AEW nab off that tree as well. We've seen Cain Velasquez come over for a little stunt before COVID and budget cuts start happening. So there, there's been a lot of UFC fighters, and I think that's going to continue to happen. I mean, you have some big-name retirees coming up perhaps, like a Conor McGregor or Cowboy Cerrone or others who are – Nate Diaz. Yeah, Nate Diaz. They don't, have the, they don't have the charisma though. Like I give you somebody that that's that could transition is Valerie Lareda. Yeah, my girl. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's what I'm saying. It's not easy. You you can't just you know do it. But um, McGregor her. would be one of those guys who. Mike skills wise, I think McGregor. I think McGregor has because he has the mic. My my other point is with McGregor. Um, I think that he he'd be the type who would not be there for long. I think he'd cash out on a quick dollar and then bounce out within a year. But nonetheless, I think you're going to continue to see in um, as Buck, what you heard alluded to, you, you're starting to see other companies or um, other you know women's division get picked from as well. So over time, it's just going to keep getting picked from the UFC tree, the Bellator trees. And they're going to continue making their way into wrestling, particularly the ones that want less physical contact in their life, perhaps starting the families like the Ronda Rouseys of the world. And uh, you might see someone like Holly Holm eventually as well. So never say never. Um, Valerie Lareda. Yep. And that's your love. Right? I don't go know ahead. if you mentioned that or not. I'm sorry. But no, go, go, go. No, go. No, I I love Valerie Lareda. I'm just saying. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> you watch her interviews. I mean, just just she's got charisma. She's she's got uh, that that factor that some people just don't have it. Like like Ronda Rousey, Ronda Val. You, you see her come in the ring. And she's got this facial expression like she's mad, and then you know it just it gets old when you see it. She doesn't have that that level of charisma. Um, you look at you look poor at Mike skills. Yeah, and and oh, real poor Mike skills. Uh, <laughs> You look at Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is amazing. Um, uh, you know, yes. even even Natalia. Natalia's got got good mic skills. You know, I, I think just, Alexa Bliss. I also think she's low key a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 again, 
Well, with the way the the women's division is being uh, mismanaged, is just I don't know. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna say this, guys. Uh, I am I am so behind women's wrestling. I want it to become a lot more regular, and it's just it keeps getting having to take a step back because of mismanagement. So. Uh, and, and 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 kind of and not to get you out there, but even in AEW, I saw you know yeah. since Britt Baker has lost, I've been a little, um, you yeah. know, a little bit disappointed. Like in the Thunder Rosa run, I think it's a little Thunder dry. Is the, is the female Adam Hangman Adam Page? I agree. I actually agree a hundred percent. I was about to say the uh, same thing. And since we're on AEW in tones, I know we only got a couple minutes left before we finish out with. Uh, Gene, I hope to get a few more minutes of your time uh, as to we go to the top of the hour and Cleve is well. Tones, we're going this Sunday, so a couple of things before you before we get out of here since we are on the topic. Your favorite match you're looking forward to this weekend, and uh, who do you think? Let's go between. The, let's go with the main event, the interim AEW World Title. Is Hiroshi going to bring it home, and we're going to have a new Japan guy represent? with the world title or is John Moxley coming home with that? I think it would be, it would be really interesting to see, you know, someone from another promotion come in and win the title, especially right now with a lot of injuries going on. And let's not act like a lot of people here, um, you know, they hear another potential guy from another company winning it. And they're like, will it be around? Will it be on? Well, this is an annual promotion that they announced AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you will see this over time. You will see rivalries get created. You will see storylines hold. I think that ultimately um, Moxley does win. It will equate to more television time for AEW with the champion around, which is key right now. Um, not saying that you're going to all of a sudden see New Japan Pro Wrestling guys go away completely, but... Um, their homes aren't here, right? So they're going to be going home eventually more often than not. But he could win it. And then AEW has uh, Back for Blood or something like that next week. Blood and Guts, I think. Blood and Guts, Blood that's guts. what it is. And then, um, you know, he could lose it there. So there's a lot of possibilities. Ah, that's true. There's a lot of possibilities that could happen. It could be something where it does change hands quick and then it goes back to Moxley. But um, all in all, I think moxley does win and there is an intrigue in matches in my opinion i'm really actually a lot of people are wondering why another championship is added and i'm actually looking forward to the AEW all atlantic championship match that's on the card there they got a four-way contest with Pac, marrow the winner of malachi black versus penta oscaro and a representative from njpw so that's going to be interesting match as well um i'm looking forward to that one I, I think that Miro's character is, uh, you know, continuing to build slowly but surely Maybe over there. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a pot guy myself. Um, I liked Neville in the cruiserweight division. I think he had some good matches, and he was honestly a top cruiserweight in WWE. And then um, went over there, and that happened. And then who knows what's going to happen with the other guys. But all in all, I'm looking forward to seeing Jericho here in his entrance live is always incredible. Um, the crowd always. In my mind. I'm looking forward to seeing the new <laughs> Japan. I, I've wanted to see Will Ospreay live for a while now. He used He's to, incredible. I just, I, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. I will take some videos he, for you. Yeah, we will. He feuded with Baron Corbin on Twitter a while back. I remember um, a couple years ago, and ever since then, I was intrigued by Osprey. So he probably fell asleep. 
<laughs> the Corbin, hey, I'm a hater too right now. Go McAfee. There, you know, there's just a lot of guys, a lot of matches, a lot of things I'm looking forward to Sunday. And uh, one of them especially, which is underrated, is the venue that it's at. It's actually going to be at the United Center. So, yes, thank um, you. That, that's the biggest venue in Chicago for wrestling at, at this point in time. And we're going to have leg room that won't cram us in. Another fun match should be Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Um, yes. We'll- Go, Tony. Tony Storm. Yeah. I think Tony Storm gets the belt. I'm, 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 wow. sorry, I'm sorry to say this, and you heard this from me first. I've been a huge Thunder Rosa fan for years. I mean, she's worked hard to get where she is, but she's the female version of Adam Page. She just doesn't have the juice. And, like, when you had Britt Baker, Britt Baker, you whether you loved her or hated her, her promos were, were spot on. Uh, yeah, her, I agree. Her, her wrestling was incredible. And I think when you have somebody like a Tony Storm where they aren't they're they're riding this wave of her popularity and yep. and I think she's really put on some great matches since she's been with AEW. I think this is probably going to be one of the more underrated matches uh in in the whole pay-per-view, but it's one that I'm looking forward to along with uh Miro the Redeemer. And we heard it here first before we let Tones go that Buck, what you heard is calling the woman's upset, and I hope you're right. Tones, I know you're going to get going. Go lightning tonight. Any last words from you before we let you go, big fella? Yeah, I think another, uh, I think a classic is going to be the Jericho Appreciation Society versus mm-hmm. Suzuki and uh, Suzuki versus Kingston, Yuta, and Yamino. That should be a lot of fun. But anyways, fellas, like... I'm torn on it, who to root for in that one, by the way. I like ball. I'm rooting for Wheeler Yuta. I love that kid, man. And you know what? This is what I'm talking about with the youth movement. This guy right here can keep his ceiling. There is no limit to his ceiling. I agree with that. And Suzuki's fun as well in that match. So there's a lot of fun uh, people in that match. And uh, Jericho is one of my all-time favorites. So I'm a big Jericho guy. He he, he always uh, puts a smile on. But anyways, go freaking Bolts. Go fucking Bolts. I'll, I'll say I'll <laughs> You're good. And, um, you know, we're going to win. I'm not as big as last time, but I'm calling a 4-2 to two Bolts dub tonight. I think that they do change goalies. I think Bolts get three goals, uh, two in the first, one in the second early. They change goalies again. Second goalie is a little more luck. But nonetheless, looking forward to Forbidden Door. Looking forward to getting football back. Thanks again, Rob Gronk, for everything. You were awesome, man. Buck what you heard, Gene. Once again, happy belated birthday, brother. Yes. Even me, you fellas stay good. You guys stay on top of your bullshit. I'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> we didn't even have enough time for Cleveland you to argue. Cleve, you've been quiet there. You got any last words well, for no, him? I, you know, I, this guy is ridiculous. He was a Cubs fan when I was in college with him. Last year he's a White Sox fan. Now he's a Yankees fan. Next what? year he's going to be yeah, oh, oh, Gene, it's ridiculous. I just want to wish Tone's team with good luck tonight in their game. But don't worry because opening week – my Cowboys are getting their revenge from last season. Oh, that's you thing. are a Cowboys fan. I forgot about that. He's a Cowboy fan, a Yankee <laughs> fan, and a LeBron fan. Put that in a blender. Oh. What does that smell? Fishy as fuck. <laughs> I'm out of here. Gene, have fun, baby. All right. You guys have a great season. Well, that, hey, you heard it there first. That's from Tampa Towns, our best and biggest here right there. But, Gene, uh, before I get back into the wrestling, because uh, I I love picking your mind at some things. Yes, we somehow have 
Cleve almost has to be the heel if he's going to be Team LeBron, Team Yankees. Uh, that one's hard for me to – and Team Cowboys. That's a hard one to pull. Yeah, that's that's all heel. That's like 100% heel. And I consider myself a heel. But but that right there, that's insurmountable. I, I can't I can't compete with that kind of healness right there. I mean, you get you you get heat for me just even bringing that up. It's the fact that you do, you know. <laughs> sorry, Cleve. I'm, I'm sorry that the Cowboys are America's team, that the Yankees have the best record in the league right now, and that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. I'm sorry. You know, we, like we, we'll be revisiting. You know what? We're gonna revisit this after the all-star break. And we'll see where we are, where everything kind of falls into place here. But, um, you know, as for Dallas, um, they've already been knocked out of playoff contention. So <laughs> better luck next year. Better luck 2023. And I can't wait. And, Gene, you know, I know you love talking wrestling. And, I, I, I'm, I, you know what I'm going to start doing? And, and this is just going to be, you know, this is going to be a little honorary right here. But uh, every other week, at the very least, I'm just going to send you the link. And if you can hop on. Well, um, one here and just, like, I – you know, I, 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 I know you love tearing shit up with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> you already know, man. And you know, I, you know, now that I walk with, I walk with Ezekiel, man. I mean, that's just there's no other way around it. I I don't know how this actually came to be that where they were able to actually pull this off because this this is incredible. This is this drew me in to see to see what they did and. Um, watching Kevin Owens, this is a, a, an attribute to Kevin Owens, who, again, has been underutilized, uh, you know, throughout his whole career with the WWE. And, and again, you look at what he's done with this feud and how they've elevated this feud. And it it's drawn you in. It's just drawn you in. And I don't care whether you like WWE or you don't. This feud is incredible. And I'm sure that the writers are going to find a way to screw it up. But, but <laughs> Just like now, I'm on, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. The fact that you had the brothers out there, one guy's on this side, one guy's on this side. Kevin Owens is flipping out. Kevin Owens, just the way he's selling this. Oh, he's so good at selling. You want to watch the next episode just to see what happens. And that's what I miss about WWE is when you're able to, to watch something you're like oh man i gotta check this out next week and see what happens yeah like remember like two great points there uh first off um, i i because for the haters of the ezekiel elias thing yeah get over it we know there's not two people but it's great storytelling this is the point this is the business to have good uh stories that don't involve titles and you know i totally agree i miss like when monday night raw would end in chaos and you wouldn't get a conclusion and you're like oh man I can't wait to tune in next week. The run-ins were incredible because you've got two guys that are just duking it out, and then all of a sudden the ring the ring just gets filled with people and everybody's just going at it, and you can't have that anymore. No, and like even going back to it, Cleve, you brought up a little earlier. I mean, Elias, when he just has the guitar seen at WrestleMania, that was one of the top things coming out of that WrestleMania 35 I was at in New York, which was headline is what you heard alluded to earlier with uh, the three women, which we will probably, it'll be hard to get again. We got Sasha and Bianca on night one, but that's with two nights. With one night, we had be, uh, Charlotte, Rhonda, and Becky, and that was all time after I sat in a chair for eight hours. That's when they decided to go to and two. And what's so crazy is they could have <laughs> done without Ronda Rousey and still had. Oh, absolutely. Charlotte flew in beautifully on a uh, plane or a helicopter, I believe, too. Cleve, go ahead and get in on this. 
And then I want to make a good. I want to make a point too. I think also that, so that point factor is the size. Hey. Oh, I think my mic's acting up. Um, so it's like the storylines that really don't involve the belt. The side storylines, for example, you got the uh, Becky storyline where she's losing big matches. Um, it's another side storyline. I'm trying to think of, but when they don't, when they put effort into these not big storylines, I think that's when the program. Is really good to see because I was just thinking back to I think it was 2000 Armageddon where Kane and Jericho had a last man standing match. This feud started over Jericho spilling a cup of coffee on Kane. You get three yep. phenomenal matches out of that. Like I know the a lot of people think the Ezekiel and Elias thing gets silly, but it's great. No, it's to not. See, you know, I mean, it's I would I like it, but I can see why people think so. But I think the, the good part is to see WWE is putting time and effort into non-big storylines. Instead of just the big guys hogging the TV up, Ezekiel and Kevin Owens gets like a 20-minute segment, and they keep building on to their – they have a three-on-one match next Friday, next Monday, which I'm interested in seeing. And I think Gene made a good point. It draws people in to look forward to these matches, to tune in every week and see this. And I would love to see a mid-card title – that's in the mix, like a, a intercontinental or a U.S. championship. They're there. These titles are underutilized and they don't have the same value as they had, you know, back in the 2000s, back in the 90s. They don't have that same value. They're just kind of there. They're placeholders. And and I think they're they're missing a lot of opportunities. Again, creative, lazy, creative writing. And I think you can you can inject these titles in the Raw and SmackDown and come up with feuds that like the theory Bobby Lashley. I think they're finally doing good with that with the USA. Yes. I like yes. legitimately people hate theory and he's a good up and coming young guy. And they Bobby, um, you know, with the hurt business with his heel, that was great. And now he's good at the face. I really think, and I hate it. I didn't even think I'd get on Bobby Lashley as much, but from his first run to this run, his mic skills ha- aren't great yet, but they have definitely improved. He's more likable. To me, he looks like even better than he did younger because he's less chunky. He's more toned. Um, he's a huge toned guy. Shredded. Yeah, great uh, word choice for me there as I struggle with the English language as usual. Um, but uh, I, I've been loving the Bobby Bobby versus Theory thing. Um, you know, then we got Cena coming back and he seems to b- battle with Theory maybe. Intercontinental wise, been disappointing. Now with Gunther getting it, formerly known as Walter, which they should have kept. Man, his body transformation is phenomenal. So I hope now, Gene, to your point, we see the IC and USA title really get used. Yeah, absolutely. And you can have one on one on SmackDown, one on Raw. Or, I don't yep. know. Are, are they going to get a, do away with the brands? Or what? What? what are, what's happening here? It I, seems, I, it seems riddles not, on both shows now. Yeah. I mean. And, I, but but see, so you have to factor in the Fox, Fox Sports – they want their whatever they do separate. You want their promotion separate from everything else because they've got all this money injected into WWE. But 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 at the end of the day, I I love kind of the direction they're going with some of these things. I wish they could just look at take a step back, look at this, and build off of it because there's some wrestlers that are just kind of sitting there, like Dewdrop. Why not use Dewdrop in something or or um, you know Madcap Moss and get him involved in something you know these are these are guys that that they're young guys you got them on the roster you might as well get them into an angle and try to make it work and if they're not the right ones 
next man up and let's get it going. But right. they need to be looking for that next big talent instead of depending on Brock Lesnar or depending on Roman Reigns. They need these guys in, in the locker room to be able to get up there and show what they can do. Yeah, and uh, Cleve, did you have something on that? I mean, that's an excellent point. I think the same with Dewdrop. Dewdrop doesn't have to win the title, but if you make her care... She could have been a badass heel, though. A bigger lady like that, be a badass heel. She could have been like this formidable force in a women's division that, you know, she doesn't win the big matches all the time. But she's she's a better wrestler than Nia Jax was. So, yeah, push her. I mean, Nia Jax was... 100%. And UK, if you go back and watch Dewdrop, phenomenal ring skills. That's what I'm saying. And then a great point with Gene, because I remember when the United States champion, when John Cena was the United States champion, go a little history, guys, when he feuded with Carlito and apparently um, Carlito bodyguard stabbed him. That was like a big thing going on. The United States champion would close out SmackDown. And even when the Miz was the Intercontinental champion, my opinion, the greatest Intercontinental champion of the past few years was the Miz, because when he held the belt, it felt important. When Brock Lesnar was the universal champ, he wasn't around, so the next guy step up, like you guys mentioned, the Miz Intercontinental Champion was closing out paper. Even when Seth Rollins was IC champ, because same Brock Lesnar was the part-time champion, they would use the IC then, take advantage. Same with That triple threat with Seth, Finn, and the Miz to open up the Mania, I think was in New Orleans, is probably one of the better triple threats they had in the last few years. So it's a key point to build up the middle pitchers because a lot of guys that win these middle card titles move up to the big picture yeah and you're, filling, and you're filling in tv space with quality quality um you know broadcasting and, and that's why sometimes you know i do i do think AEW overdoes a little bit with the factions but what i do love about AEW is the faction so it's kind of a hypocritical statement because you get a lot of people involved look at jericho's clans as they developed from the beginning of AEW to now he's brought along newer people like daniel garcia's of the world um, you know, Sammy Guevara, the guys, uh, you know, Jack, Jack Swagger, known as Jack Hager, not, not really, I'm not talking about those guys. I'm more talking the younger guys who need, um, that time, like the Malachi black faction. It's different, right? I mean, you, you get, yeah, like, for example, in WWE, um, we could, we don't have any time to talk about, but they do a faction like judgment day. People are buying in her business. People are buying in and they find a way to screw, you know, okay. screw it up. Uh, so it, it, that part's kind of sad with, with the whole thing. Now, I don't think you want to go completely just faction, 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 because sometimes you get too into that, but it really helps the young guys. It right. really helps put a picture on. Instead of like a dewdrop in WWE, you know what happens with her? Vince McMahon sees three episodes in a row. She ain't building quick enough, so boom. She gets yeah. to the bottom. You forget about her. Um if you literally do drop her out of the no, no pun intended out of the way, so they could do many things there. Gene, one thing I want you know, you have to give us a little props for. I think we've been getting a little more diverse. I've been paying attention to Impact. I just watched Slammiversary. I'm now seeing New Japan this Sunday for the first time. I'm really trying to become as diverse as possible because just like anything else, the best way to be successful to me is diversified. And I've really been loving taking in all this wrestling. And I thank you as a longtime fan and getting to this point. Man, that you you guys have done great, man. I mean, you know, I still see people out here throwing shade at AEW. If you don't like AEW, don't watch it. Don't like why do we always gotta complain? There's you know what? That's that's the beauty of this business. 
I mean, you could I I could go to Vegas. Vegas wrestling is amazing, by the way. Their their indies are really good. Really? Uh, yeah, I I've really enjoyed myself. You know, watching those. Um, I got to see Jordan Grace as a as an independent wrestler, and Jordan Grace was an incredible. You know, just coming up and, and congratulations to her on winning yes. the championship. By the way, but just certain wrestlers, you get to see them and you get to see how they've how they've come along. And I know you guys were almost ninety percent just WWE. You are you. That's facts only. And, and and you know the thing is, you guys are talking about. And you're not like throwing shade. You're not like low key throwing shade. You're like objectively looking at this wrestling match right here or these wrestlers yep. as as talent, and not this this product is better. Than it. I'm I've never been that way. I just I I'm more mad at the wasted time that WWE had was the biggest kid on the block. Nobody else could compete with them, and they wouldn't give the fans a better product. They took advantage of the saturation around exactly. it. And, and you know, when they bought out WCW and, and they were just steamrolling through everything through the 2000s, but they wouldn't give fans the, the quality matches you saw in the Attitude Era. They just kind of like put it in cruise control. And, and, and I guess my biggest problem is fans were defending these people. These people were, are like, oh, we'll take your money, but we're going to give you a, a, a half-assed product. And, and so now... They're forced to now. They're forced to kind of take a step back and reevaluate what they need to do, and they're taking advantage of some of their op- not all of them, but some of their opportunities. I think once John Laurinaitis is totally out of the picture, and we know he's not coming back, I expect the uh, WWE to to hit that upward trajectory. You think he um, really quickly? You because th- we haven't gotten into him too much, and he's definitely um, you know he definitely deserves to probably be out if, if everything's true. I, I, you know, I, I can't read any these full stories. I haven't seen everything, but I'm going to say this right here before you, you think it will get better, right? Without you understand my perspective. When John Laurinaitis was the general manager of raw, and then you learned that he was the guy that was a talent, the head of talent relations as well. And you look at some of the product that they put out there. I hated that guy. I literally hated that guy. When he was gone, you, and you can go back and look at the tape. I didn't like him as a GM. When, no, when he was head of talent, reg, uh, when he was head of talent relations, look at what WWE did after he left. You're talking about a totally different product from when that clown was gone to uh, from when he was there. And now you look at him coming back, and it just wasn't the same product that that you saw prior to him being there. But you could tell a big difference with this guy there. That was Vince's boy. That's, that's all it was. That was Vince's boy because yep. I believe there's, uh, there are other people out there that could have done a better job than what he did. Uh, <laughs> Paul Heyman, one good example. Exactly. Exactly. You've got all these other options out here, and you're, you're stuck with Johnny Ace, who, again, go, go home and retire and – you know, water your plants or whatever it is you Warm do. your plants with the water you need. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cleve, what's your thought on that? <laughs> uh, I think Dean does make a good point. I think WWE, after WCW and ECW went out of business, they sort of got comfortable. I think early on when the brand extension did happen, SmackDown and Raw were putting on phenomenal shows. Because let's not discredit what did happen during them time periods. You had people like... You had the emergence of Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Chris Benoit, all these other 
guys that were like middle tier, but once the brand extension happened, they got more time because people don't realize the edge now we see was not the edge 20 years ago when he first came on to SmackDown. They sort of saw Edge as, you know, maybe he'll be a world champion someday, but he was only that middle tier guy. And then we got John Cena. I know John Cena is loved and hate, but at one point in time, my only knock with Cena was that you knew Cena was going to win every big match. Big match show up. John Cena was not going to lose. Even when I felt he should have taken the loss, he always won. That was my biggest knock on Cena, but Cena saved WWE at a point when they just didn't know what the hell really to do with their storylines. And I mean, look at the guys that were holding championships back then. Um, the tag division was a joke. The middle pitcher was sort of a joke. John Cena. Well, they start when the first era left. Like I would say it about like from 2009 to two. I mean, that's the rock came back for a couple of times, but they lost a lot of their, you know, people who were just either studs who became less of a stud as they aged on or just, you know, Hey, I'm retiring. I'm actually not going to pull an undertaker and um, stay 10 years longer and, you know, do, do the thing. So WWE gets a little wrong in the tooth with it. Sometimes just as this episode we've gotten, man, we, I love where we've been all over the place, boys. We've, we've hit, that's what I'm liking. We, we literally have hit uh, new Japan impact, we talk TNA, WWE, NXT. I mean, we. I, I just love the diversity that's been going on. And I want to continue this more next week. But as we close up here, um, just a reminder, next week we're going to be going live. Gene will invite you back if you want because we're going to be doing our money in the bank predictions. Yeah. Uh, I want people to really bring the heat on why their person should win and how it would be good for business. I already know who I kind of have in mind, but there's still a couple of people to be decided as those are not filled up. Uh, but before we get out of here, Gene, you brought up earlier Earl Hebner, and, and uh, so did you, uh, Cleve, with some things they've done. I sent a video to one of our group chats when he beat the crap out of DX, uh, funnily, just pushes over Triple H. That guy seemed like he's a legend. I'm going to go back and watch some YouTube videos as he's just kicking the crap out of DX right now, and, and the fans are loving it. Uh, great stuff there, but... Any last thoughts or anything for us, Gene, before we let you go tonight and we get you back next week? I think we it's a must. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, again, guys, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as unbiased as possible in, in, in talking about all the different promotions. I love, uh, again, I love what WWE is doing. I think they could do more uh, to, to build their brand. Uh, I think they're missing out on a lot of opportunities, and I hope that some of these younger younger uh, um, athletes get a chance to really do something. I, I think it's, it's not fair to them. And um, you know, you guys, you guys put out a great show, great product. Thank uh, you. I've kind of gotten away from a lot of the older wrestlers uh, with the podcast, the Jim Cornettes, the Booker T's, the bully rays um, just because they're not, you know, they're, they're so negative and toxic towards some of these younger wrestlers and, this isn't this isn't 19, 1980. This isn't nineteen ninety six or this isn't two thousand five. These are young folks that are coming along and they're building the brand and trying to just develop in a different way than and and establish themselves as unique. So um, if you get a chance, uh, you know, just check it out with you know with an open mind. Yes, That's I mean I you're not, you're not you know like when people. 
you're not going to get, okay, you watch WrestleMania, you cannot expect everything you watch after that to be a WrestleMania or, you know, an AEW All Out or a Slammiversary for Impact or a New Japan paper. You can't, when you watch the best of the best, you can't expect that every week. But if you enjoy wrestling, then that means you're getting diverse and actually seeing what you like. Uh, Temper your expectations. Temper your expectations and give things a chance. Just like anything else, I mean, people will easily exclude um, you know, whether it's minor league baseball, XFL, all, you know, other sports when they have their divisions, but these are where the people come from. You think they just show up on your main screen. Very few do that when they come as you WWE, we can go through it for days. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens started somewhere. Samoa Joe started somewhere. Now he's an yeah, AEW. Ring of Honor. Ring of yeah. Honor. I mean, of Honor was a huge, and uh, thank you for bringing that up as we did a couple of times. Ring of Honor was a huge stepping stone. Um, as they were the second company behind WWE throughout, I would say most of the teens of the two thousands after TNA kind of took their dip, uh, Cleve, anything before we get out of here as always, man, this is one of the best longest episodes ever. And I, we could keep going. I know it just, unfortunately time, time is precious sometimes, my man. This is definitely one of our better episodes. Thank, Thank you, you for stopping by. Can't wait to see you next week on the prediction show. Oh um, yeah. Always, you know, shout out to our listeners and our followers on Twitter. Go Yankees, go Cowboys, go LeBron. Oh, I guess uh, I am. I guess uh, I am the new heel on the show, but you know, yeah, I yeah. accept the role of heel. Go Yankees. I'm not, you know, I'm not even calling you a heel. I'm calling you um, childish, um, a little saddened. Uh, Some words I can't even express because when you say Yankees, LeBron, and the Cowboys, that's just really disgusting. It's kind of like putting uh, three good colors together, like red, blue, and maybe like, you know, a prime green you throw together and turns into purple crap. That's kind of what you're doing with all these teams you like, as I give you a terrible analogy, but maybe I'm the heel. You're making me a heel now, but instead uh, we go around here. People enjoy AEW. Um, I'm going to send you both videos. I'll be at the United Center in Chicago Bulls Stadium. I was there for when CM Punk returned. That place was bumping. I think the house is going to be brought down even more with the new Japan AEW clash. Really looking forward to it. Thank you again. But as is it always for Cleve and me, God bless. Good night. Stay safe. It's a tricky world out there, to say the least. Thank you all again for listening to another edition of Cleve.